Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Trading Conversations, an initiative which I started and hope can help you shorten your learning curve as you embark on your trading journey towards trading mastery. As we are coming to an end of the year 2019 and just coming off the hugely successful Online Trading Summit 2019, I've decided to do something special for you this month. Instead of sharing with you a video interview with another trader, I'd like to share with you a live presentation that I did a few months ago at the Closed Door Paid event, the Investorgrams Summit in Singapore, where I shared my personal trading workflow and best practices. I believe you will enjoy this special end of the year episode of Trading Conversations. So sit back, relax and enjoy. Alright, good afternoon. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you're enjoying your lunch right now and I'm glad to be speaking right after your lunch because the lunch fatigue most likely will not be kicking in that soon. So that gives me another half an hour to get your attention. For me to share with you what I personally, personally think could be helpful for you from my own personal experience. Alright, so um, by the way, my today's topic is going to be on the Singapore stock market through the eyes of a price action trader. And like what I mentioned during the panel discussion earlier on, uh, the Singapore market has been a big part of my life in terms of my financial markets journey. And uh, that's the reason why I thought it would be really helpful considering that many of you are possibly based in Singapore, trading or investing in the Philippine market and might be considering to look at the Singapore markets as well. Right? So I hope that my session is going to be helpful for you. And in today's presentation, I'm really going to focus very much on one aspect of my workflow. So it's not going to be a, a sharing about specific strategy or what because I believe that um, all our ex, ex distinguished speakers will be talking about a lot of them later on. But I will be sharing with you one aspect of my trading workflow from the point of view of a price action trader looking at the Singapore market which I hope will be helpful for you. Now, before we start, a quick disclosure. I have never made $2 million in 15 months, okay? Unlike our speaker, Robin Ho. In fact, I, if I can calculate properly, I do not even think I have a net worth of $2 million, okay? That is the fact and that is the truth which I am happy to share with you. And um, the reality is that I have been a trader as well as an entrepreneur for a big part of my life over the past four to five years. And as some of you who might be an entrepreneur or a startup founder in one way or another, you might realize that running or founding a tech startup is probably one of the most riskiest trade you can take in your whole life. One of the biggest trade in your whole life. Because we are talking about putting your entire few years of your life and bulk of your net worth into starting something that usually has a binary outcome. Either you make it big or you go down with nothing at the end and you start all over again. And that is really the life of a founder of a startup company. All right? And that is probably one of the biggest traits anyone can take in their life. And that, of course, excludes marriage. 
okay? As some of you might be able to attest to. Right, so finally, it's working right now. All right, so uh, a very quick background about myself, uh, just so that you can understand from what angle am I actually sharing whatever that I'll be sharing with you in this session right now. Ironically, although I am known as a price action trader, okay, focusing on technical analysis. However, the interesting part is that I actually started off as a very passionate, fundamental investing, uh, value investing fundamentalist. And that was like more than 15 years back when I was still an undergraduate uh, studying in the university. I became interested in the financial market. That was the first point in time that I started to get interested in the financial markets. And as you know, if you are a, a, a young graduate, you are in school, you know about financial markets, who do you think is the person that you will always be looking up to at that point in time? Warren Buffett, right? Because at that point in time, I know nothing about trading, investing it. I just know stock market basically is a way that you should tap into in order to help you to be able to retire Early. So that was all that I know. I became very fascinated with Warren Buffett. I studied his methodology. I really wanted and I told myself that after I graduate, I want to work in the financial institute and do what Warren Buffett did. Okay, that was all my intention. And after I graduated, I literally, because I graduated with a mediocre um, degree, unlike Rainer. Okay, so if you are wondering, he's Rainer Theo, I'm Philip Theo. We are as Obvious as it is, we are nowhere biologically related because he has that height, I don't. Uh, some common things that we had is uh, we were both in the commandos previously and that's probably about it. All right, we don't even stay near to each other at all. So uh, when I got interested in the financial market and wanted to find a job in the financial market thereafter to operate more like a Warren Buffett kind of style, um, I couldn't because I have a mediocre degree and the banks wouldn't want to take in someone with a mediocre degree, okay? And I didn't take business or finance or accountancy degree in the first place. So it was really hard, but I managed to find a way to get into the financial industry by becoming a trainee dealer. You know what a trainee dealer is? It's basically you uh, get into this bank, you are trained to become a broker so that you can, you can start selling ideas to your clients thereafter. So I took that as an opportunity to move into the bank. And fortunately, I went through the interview. They didn't mind me knowing nothing about uh, uh, trading or the industry itself, but they felt like, hey, maybe you can be a good salesperson, right? And that's why they took me into the program. And that was my first put into the financial industry. But my ultimate goal is to actually become an analyst, all right? And uh, very luckily, thereafter, within the next six months during the training program, the HR manager actually came up to me and he said, Philip, I noticed that during this training program, you were pretty good with your analysis, your presentation and whatever. So instead of becoming a broker, do you want to consider becoming an analyst? Well, I was like, that was my dream come true, right? Because within half a year, I already am offered a chance to become an analyst where previously when I just applied for analyst job, nobody will consider me at all. So I talked to myself, okay, sure, then tell me more about this role. And immediately he said, Philip, this is for the role of a technical analyst. Can you imagine how my heart sank right after that? Because I wanted to be like a Warren Buffett and this guy is asking me to be somebody that Warren Buffett don't care about or don't use at all. But immediately it was running through my mind and I was thinking, hey, if I take up this role, I become a technical analyst, although I know nothing about technical analysis, to be honest with you. If I take up this role, if I get into the research team, what happens thereafter? Does all the fundamental analysts reside inside there? Yes, it is, right? So I thought if I can get my foot into the financial institute by becoming a broker, I can also become a fundamental analyst in time to come if I take up this technical analyst role. So that was really the motivation that I had, the why part which Rainer talked about, okay? Why I want to get into a research team, okay? So I got in, I managed, fortunately, I managed to get in, and my boss told me, Philip, I know you know nothing about technical analysis, but it's okay. Immediately, I was thinking in, in my heart, 
most likely it's because my salary was very low. That's why you didn't mind knowing, me knowing nothing about technical analysis. Because otherwise, you have to pay a lot for someone who already an expert, right? So that was the only thing in my mind. And I said, okay, sure, sure. Tell me what should I do right now. Philip, take four months to go and learn whatever you can about technical analysis. All right, after that, start applying and start to produce training ideas for our clients thereafter. So that was what I did. And over that four months, I look at the markets every single day across hundreds of charts, across Singapore market, US market, Hong Kong market. And I started to realize very interesting things about price charts, which I didn't know about or I didn't expect to know because I was a very fundamental guy. Remember, when you're fundamental, you don't care about technicals. When you're technicals, you don't care about fundamentals. And that was when I started to realize how important it is to look at price action, to look at charts. And thereafter, I became a convert. All right. Uh, I became a very... I became a very devoted um, price action technician thereafter. And after that, I became the uh, chief technical analyst for OCBC Investment Research uh, for about a few years. And uh, after that, due to both push and pull reasons, I decided to leave the bank and start up my own company, which is TraderWave, uh, where I envision of being having an opportunity to actually value add uh, and make a difference in the industry through technology and education. Okay, so I'm not going to dwell on the reason why I leave, uh, but they were both push and pull factors um, due to working in the bank and the corporate politics and stuff like that. Okay, which I uh, really I wanted to do something else that could help. Uh, make this industry a better place. And that was how I became a uh, founder and, and uh, CEO of TraderWave.com. And uh, just to quickly share what are some of the humble contributions that we have made over the past few years, uh, we actually developed a web-based charting tool, uh, which is a high-performance web base that you can actually use across uh, all internet devices as long as uh, there's internet connection through the browser itself. So even on your mobile phone, you can actually just open up the chart and just flip the charts or just flip your watch list and stuff like that. And we actually have uh, more than 120,000 instruments. Of course, it's just based on end-of-day price. So if you're an intraday trader, this is not going to be useful for you. But we have 120,000 instruments across all these different asset classes across 69 global exchanges. And some of these, those things that I we built in to help part-time retail traders include things like allowing them to actually set technical alerts on things like your trend lines, your horizontal support resistance level, so that you can be notified when a certain event happens according to your own trading strategy, and, and then I'll notify you thereafter. And uh, last year, I actually helped possibly the Asia's um, first online trading summit where I invited more than 30 over speakers from around the world and having more than 20,000 people participating in this online training summit. So for every fortunately, um, very distinguished um, trainer speakers like uh, Dr. Van Tapp, uh, Jerry Parker, one of the first uh, turtle traders, uh, as well as uh, our Jack Moika, where is he? You all should know him pretty well as well, right? As well as Edmund from Kalem. So they participated in our online trading summit. So it was really a very successful event. And I believe that many traders actually learned very useful information from them. And subsequently, early this year, I actually published a book featuring what I personally believe and think were the top 10 speakers and presenters during the online trading summit to profile and feature whatever they have to share in this book called Trading Mentors. So that, those are some of the humble uh, contributions that we have made. And I hope that whatever that we have done, were able to help traders like yourself uh, improve your trading journey in one way or another. So now, before you think about, uh, maybe I want a snapshot of whatever Philips has got to share with me later on in the slides. I just want to quickly let you know you don't have to do that, okay? In fact, if you want to take a photo, this is the only photo you need to take because once you take this photo, at any point in time, you just can just go to this link, pop in your email address, and you will receive all this information 
for you, which includes obviously a PDF soft copy of today's presentation slides, as well as I share with you where you can actually download a free chapter of the Trading Mentors book, and as well as Online Trading Summit 2019 will be held again this year, and I believe that it's going to be an even bigger event. I'm going to invite even more distinguished speakers as well. So if you want to be notified when it becomes available, and it's going to be free of charge, okay? So just uh, pop in your email address, and you'll be able to receive information thereafter. All right, so now, as I mentioned earlier on, today's topic is about the Singapore stock market through the eyes of a price action trader. Let me just quickly run through the main part first, which is the Singapore stock market. So I'm going to share with you just some uh, very basic background information about the Singapore stock exchange or the Singapore market, if you are not aware of. A quick overview is that uh, one very interesting thing about this Singapore exchange or the Singapore market compared to other major developed markets is that the Singapore market actually has a very, very diversified uh, kind of companies being listed in Singapore. So as you can see over here, this information was based on updated in July 2017, although it's two years already, but it is still pretty much unchanged generally. All right? So we have about more than 700 over listed companies listed on the SGX and market capitalization as such. But one interesting thing about the Singapore market is it's a very diversified exchange where more than 36% of the companies are actually, um, um, actually has uh, exposure uh, or are companies that are not actually based from Singapore, which means that we, uh, you actually get assessed a very diversified access to the companies from different parts of the world when you look at just Singapore stock exchange itself. Compared to uh, other exchanges like Hong Kong, London, NASDAQ, most of them has about less than 20% okay, of their companies listed there being outside of the United States or outside of their native country. Right? And a quick overview at uh, the breakdown by the companies in terms of the, the percentage uh, in terms of industry that they are in. Okay, as uh, such... So you will notice that in terms of number of companies, it's a very, fairly good balance. But in terms of market capitalization, you will realize that financials is actually one of the biggest component of those uh, companies listed on the SGX. And that is also one of the reasons why Singapore is considered as one of the uh, financial markets or the financial economies uh, around the world, other than places like New York, London, or Tokyo. All right? And uh, I think we, uh, based on what is happening to Hong Kong right now, I think very soon we'll take over Hong Kong uh, if this continues as well. <laughs> Alright, so now, that's a very quick overview of the Singapore stock market. Now, I'm going to share with you through the eyes of a price action trader uh, how I personally look at the Singapore market and what is this one workflow that I want to share with you that I believe will be able to help you not, or not, not from the fact that you're just looking at Singapore market, but even if you're looking across other stock market as well. Okay, So this workflow is going to be helpful for you, but I'm just going to use the Singapore market as an example all right, to showcase to you how this workflow works. So what is actually discretionary price action trading? So throughout my whole life, uh, like what I mentioned earlier on in my history, I uh, became a devoted technician and thereafter I've always been I've tried some things here and there. I've tried looking at systematic trading. I've tried looking at things like uh, uh, Fibonacci, uh, Elliott Wave and stuff like that. But I still find myself always coming back to the most fundamental form of price action trading. And this is one part maybe you have to ask yourself. Like what JC mentioned earlier on, trading strategy is something that you got to discover for yourself, okay? Based on your lifestyle, based on your personality, what truly makes the most sense to you in terms of what you believe in and in terms of your worldview. 
Okay, and I can only conclude that over all these years, I always come back to price action all over again. All right, and one of the reasons why I personally prefer price action is because when I look at the chart, if it just imagine this, it's like basically um, when you look at a chart, you're like looking at a, a person. Okay, just imagine that because when a chart moves, it's basically the price moves due to what? It's due to the buy and sell of all the market participants who are basically has a vested interest in that particular company or stock or in that instrument, right? Am I right to say that? So which means if you study the chart of how the price moves, you are essentially trying to study this particular company, this particular chart, treating it as though it's a form of human on its own, just that it's a combination of many humans. Alright, so that is what I personally enjoy because I like to study people's behaviour. And that is why price action is something that, that, that fits well for me because I study the behaviour of market participants through how the price moves. And that is the reason why I emphasised earlier on during the panel discussion. When you start to look at, when you start to think that I want to cut short my analysis, I want to cut short my workflow, I just want to use a certain algorithm parameter and just apply and find the stocks that meet all these requirements, what you will be missing out from that angle, from a price action trading perspective, is that you are trying to fit a M-size underwear to everyone out there and see if, if anyone who meets, who can wear an M-size underwear is the person I'm looking for. Can you imagine what, what happens thereafter? Or if you are a price action trader, you could be thinking, okay, I take a look at everyone out there, I study you, I talk to you for a while, I speak to you. Then I get to know you better then, from then, I will am more likely to know how you are likely to behave. Do you get the difference between applying a standard parameters on all the instruments out there versus trying to understand one instrument very well? So from a price action trader, this is where we get our edge by understanding the chart that we look at or the company that we look at on the chart, understand it very well to see whether, okay, this particular chart is the 100 days moving average better for this chart or is the 50 days moving average better for this chart? And for if, we are, if I'm looking at a breakout strategy, if I look across the history, has a breakout happened very frequently for this particular counter, for example, and what happens thereafter after the breakout. Okay, so this is in a form of, at the same time, answering the question about the backtesting. For a price action trader, really, backtesting is looking across the history and see if your strategy on this particular chart or this particular company, does it show signs that it will work well? That is as simple as that, backtesting for a chart trader. Right, so when we talk about discretionary price action trading, it is really the use of visual price action technical analysis Okay, to identify trading opportunities with an edge. All right, everyone can say, I have a trading opportunity. But the thing is, does this trading opportunity has an edge? You need to know what that edge is. All right, so as to make a discretionary decision to trade. Now, Okay, before I go on, I just want to share with you what is my preferred uh, price action analysis techniques. Huh? So I am that very minimalist kind. So you know, minimalism has been a trend recently, right? Okay, for my trading, I've always been a minimalist trader. I believe in keeping things simple. So as a price action trader, as a minimalist price action trader, what would, do you think is the most important elements that I'll be looking at? Naturally, simple things like horizontal support resistance level, Horizontal support resistance reversal phenomenon or what we sometimes what we call the pivot levels. Okay. And uh, trend lines and trend channels. Where are the images? Ah, okay. So this is what we call 
resistance reversal phenomenon or the pivot levels. Okay, and usually the trading, my trading setups will be based around all these levels, right? And as well as trend lines, trend channels. So do you realize this is something very simple and basic, right? Okay, it's basic. It's not simple. Why? Why is it not simple? Because it takes experience. It takes a lot, looking a lot through a lot of charts to be able to build up your experience in terms of knowing where are the important lines to look at and where could those trading setups be when it touches those important lines. Right, and my preferred trading time frame or horizon, generally, I look at longer term swing trading to position trading. And the reason being because, like what JC mentioned, okay, I am not just a trader, but I'm an entrepreneur and a startup founder as well. All right, so if you had a chance to look, to study, do you all know Lawrence Lee, by the way? from the Philippines, okay? So I just interviewed him recently. You can just go and Google, or go to YouTube and look for Lawrence Lee Trading Conversations. He actually shared a lot about his, his uh, strategy and his workflow as well. And he's also another person who's very busy with running his company. So again, he's also focusing more towards longer-term swing trading and position trading. And his records was actually phenomenal despite taking very few trades every year. All right, so my time frame basically falls under longer-term swing trading and strategy or position trading because of my schedule, my, the, the, the things that I need to be busy with, with on a day-to-day -day basis. And at the same time, personally, I know myself that I'm not that kind of fast trigger hand kind of very instinctive person. So that's the reason I know right from the start, intraday trading or those very short-term trading that requires you to make instinctive decision on the go, I knew that it was not something for me. I prefer to take my time to make strategic decisions. That's why I stick to the longer-term angle from that perspective. All right? And... I mainly focuses using on just daily candlestick because obviously due to my trading horizon, there isn't a need for me to look at one hourly chart or even mini chart. All right, and do I need to go to weekly chart? Usually I don't as well because when I look at daily chart, it will tell me everything I need to see on the weekly chart as well. All right, and my holding horizon for profitable trades usually lasts from about one to six months. Okay, that is basically, so from this context, you will understand what, what, what I'll be sharing with you thereafter. Okay, so generally my complete price action trading workflow falls, falls into these few categories, which is uh, the preparation stage, I do it after market hours. The analysis stage, I do after market hours as well. Execution during market hours, tracking during market hours, and review stage after market hours. So this is the part where I always like to emphasize for any trader out there generally, okay? This is the standard workflow that everyone has to go through. If you are not doing any of this workflow, Okay, I can most likely assure you that you are, you are setting yourself up for not being able to become a consistently profitable trader thereafter. Okay, because some of you, many, I understand many of you like to skip the part where I don't want to track my trades, I don't want to review my trades. Okay, because it's like you feel like it's too lazy. But if you don't do this, you will never know what are the mistakes or what are the ways you can improve your trading system. So this is really, really, really important. But in today's presentation, I'm going to share with you just on this preparation part, which I realize is an important part where gets many new traders stuck and they become frustrated and they totally just don't even want to start in the first place. And this is the part where, as a price action trader, how do I like filter so many of those stocks out there? Imagine if you want to diversify across exchanges, you're looking at thousands of stocks out there. And if you are looking at just the Singapore market, as I showed you earlier on, there's 700 over stocks out there. How do you even filter down the 700 stocks to a list that could likely give you the kind of trading setups you want to look at while minimize the time that you spend. Remember, I said earlier on, the role of a trader is not just about being profitable, right? It's about how can you maximize your returns while spending the 
least time possible. All right? And so I'm going to share with you this workflow about building a price action trading watch list of SGX stocks, which you can also apply in whichever markets that you trade in thereafter. Alright, but of course, naturally, if you are just trading forex commodities, for example, it, it is already naturally sh shortened now for you the list already, right? Because if you talk about major currency pairs, how many are those? Okay, so from the angle of trading forex or commodities and such, you might not need to actually narrow down the list because the list should always be in your list anyway. But if you are talking about stocks, this is a very important part where you need to narrow down the list. Alright, so good to have. Generally, uh, my suggestion and uh, my belief is that it is good to have as many stocks in your watch list as you can, but of course, nothing is perfect, right? Just like what I always like to share in trading, there is no perfect situation. There is always a pros and cons to everything. So the good thing about you having a good list is that you will have a lot of options, but you will also take up a lot more time. So my suggestion, look at as many charts as you can depending on your available time. However, my suggestion is that try to have about between 100 to 150 stocks in your watch list. And there's a reason for that. If you have too few stocks that you constantly look at in your watch list, what's going to happen? What's going to happen is that you are very likely to go in the, to take suboptimal trades. Okay, let me give you an analogy. Imagine this for those of you guys huh, who's not attached yet. Imagine if you are constantly evolving your life around these just two women that is in your life. They are unattached as well. Do you think it's likely that you will just accept any of them and just marry any of them? Yes? No? But imagine if your environment where you are in a company where there are, is, is full of ladies, single ladies. Do you think you are likely to fall in love with any of them so easily? You will be very picky, right? Am I right to say that? Okay, so this is the, 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 the problem. If you have too many, too few stocks in your watch list, you tend to trade suboptimal trades because you can't wait anymore. There is only this few number of stocks you look at. But you have more, then you tend to be very picky, right? Because you only have this amount of capital, you can't afford to take every single trade that appears in your eyes. That's how you actually... Uh, become more uh, less likely to trade suboptimal ideas and provide you. And at the same time, when you look across 100 to 150 stocks in your native market, it gives you a very good view of the market compared to just if you just look at the index itself. Because index is usually looking at the top 30 uh, biggest market cap stocks, right? It doesn't give a complete picture of how the entire different sectors are performing and stuff like that. So when you look across 100 charts, you it gives you a very good subconscious idea about how the entire market is behaving, all right? And uh, so how do you filter more than 700 listed stocks in the SGX or maybe in the Philippines itself? This is how I go about doing it. But before that, I just want to share with you is that one thing you have to accept, okay, as a trader, okay, is that opportunities come and go all the time, all right? You can never catch all the trading opportunities out there. You have to accept this first. Otherwise, you always feel regret, like what JC said, you feel regret that, oh, I didn't catch this move, okay? Accept that you will miss opportunities. You can only try your best to capture as many as you can within your available time using the tools available at your disposal, right? Just do your best to watch as many as you can based on your available time. Now, how do you go around filtering it? These are the main three criteria that I use to filter the list of stocks. And just by using these three uh, elements, it can filter down very quickly to a small number list of stocks already. Firstly, is by the instrument's trading liquidity. Second is, after I filter down by the trading liquidity, I will look at the individual, okay, for those that meet this liquidity requirement, I will look at every single chart of those that meet this liquidity requirement, and then I will just trim down the list again from there after looking at the charts to see if those charts actually have price action trading characteristic. Remember what I say about the underwear size? If your strategy uses an underwear size of M size, you look at the chart, you know that this chart 
is not going to be applicable for a M size underwear, what are you going to do? Just throw it out. Okay, then that is how you actually narrow your list further. Okay, based on your trading time frame and horizon. Okay, so that is how I go about doing it. I'm going to show you an example how it is being done. So, very interestingly, uh, this is frustrating. Okay, so why is trading liquidity? A lot of times, people think that trading liquidity is about trading volume, right? But very, put it very simply, it's about the ability to buy and sell a stock easily and quickly in the market. So, when we look at trading liquidity, you want to make sure that this particular stock that you are watching for and you might trade on, is a stock that you can easily buy and sell whenever you need to. Okay? If you have to buy and sell this share and lose a lot of money during the buying and selling part, it means that most likely that stock is very illiquid. And of course, liquidity depends on how much capital you have, right? You, if you have only $500 as your starting capital, then actually all the stocks out there most likely are liquid enough for you. But if you have $1 million as your starting capital, do you realize that actually the list of stocks that can meet your liquidity requirement is going to be much smaller? Do you get what I'm trying to say? Okay, now let me explain further. Huh? So it's not about trading volume firstly because a lot of people think that they always look at what is the top active uh, uh, stocks out there and what is the, the, the most active stock uh, in terms of trading volume, but it doesn't tell us the whole picture. Instead, I want you to focus on the average trading value. Okay? Now, what do I mean by that? I think I've been pressing on the button for more than 100 times already, although the slides just switched for 20 times. Okay, so uh, why is trading volume pointless during the initial screening? Huh? Okay, so I'm actually using Investagram's uh, screener tool, which I was very glad to know that they actually started provided for, providing for uh, Singapore stocks already. Okay, in fact, it was just last weekend, if I remember correctly. All right, so I actually tried it out, and uh, it's very, very, very useful. Uh, they managed to do something that uh, StockFacts wasn't able to do. Uh, okay, so uh, let's just take a look. Uh, if we just filter by the highest traded volume, okay, for those stocks listed on the SGX, you will notice that, for example, right at the very top, 100 million shares traded on that particular day. How does that look to you? Do you think that this is going to be a stock that is like everyone is trading it? No, right? Why, Why do you think it's the case? If you take a look at the trading value for that day, it's only 500,000 Sing dollars. What does that mean? It's because the price is super low, right? 0.5 cents. It's not even 5 cents. It's 0.5 cents. Okay? So, $500,000 being traded today on that day, I think some of you here might be able to just buy up the entire 500000 on that day itself. Okay? So this is not a good reflection of the kind of stock we want to trade. If you take a look at the chart of that particular stock, what happens? Do you realize it seems like a very illiquid stock? And most importantly, remember about the M size underwear? If you are a price action trader, if you are like me, focusing on horizontal support resistance level, uh, resistance reversal, uh, reversal phenomenons, as well as trend lines, do you think that this will meet the criteria? Very hard, right? Because this is very illiquid stock and it doesn't have very clear support resistance levels and, and, and trend lines and trend channels as well. Alright? So, focus on average trading value instead. What do I mean by that? My suggestion for you is try to focus putting those stocks into your watch list only if their average traded value is more than 10 times your equity or your starting capital. And this is, of course, a very conservative. You can make it five times or you can make it two times, but 10 times ensure that whenever you need to get in and get out of a trade, you won't get stuck or you won't end up moving the price. Okay? And uh, so this ensures that you can enter and exit a trade easily off market prices because I still believe in entering the market just at the market price. Okay? Don't try to queue and wait because if you are going for a breakout trade, do you think the market is going to pull back for you to enter so easily? No, right? 
If it's a breakout trade, you probably have to go in because the price will keep on running thereafter already. You cannot afford to get in at the limit price. You just have to get in the market once you see that trading setup. And without having to get bad feels or having the market move against you, alright? Okay, so this is the part where it becomes useful for Investagram's um, screening tool, which StockFacts used to provide, but I don't know why. Recently, they make some changes. They take away this particular feature. Is there any SGX people here, please? Okay, so, uh, so luckily, Investagram is able to do that, that, which is allows you to actually filter by average value trader. So this is the, m the most first step that I use to filter down the list of stocks. So if you just do this, right? For me, let's say, for example, if you have $100,000 as a starting capital or your total equity, 10 times is 1 million, right? So you filter for average value more than 1 million. What happens is that it will actually give you 105 records. So generally, based on the last 20 days, average traded value, only about 100 stocks listed on Singapore actually meets this criteria of at least $1 million. All right? So with this list, this is where you go on to the next step open the charts one by one to see if any of those charts fits the size of the underwear that you're using for your particular strategy. If they don't fit the size of your particular strategy, then you throw it out. If it shows signs that it, this could be what I can apply my strategy on, you keep that in your watch list. Because naturally, it might not mean that it fits your strategy. It, might, it doesn't mean that there's a trading setup immediately, right? Okay, that's why you put into a watch list because trading setup is not here yet, but it shows characteristics where you can actually apply your strategy on. Right? And with that, you actually observe for price action trading characteristics. So, for example, when we look at the previous uh, average traded, highest traded value, right? One, the number one is what we call the Z74. So, Investagram, by the way, can you all please provide the name next time so it's easier for us to explain what this stock is? That's a suggestion, okay? Feature, feature addition. <laughs> okay, so Z74, for those of you who trade Singapore market, you know that it's actually Singtel, right? Okay, one of the biggest market cap stocks in Singapore. So, when you take a look at the chart, Okay, do you start to see that hey, this chart actually obeys trend lines, trend channels, support resistance, support resistance pheno uh, reversal phenomenon pretty well? Get my point? Okay, so if you see that such stocks meet this kind of requirement that you have for your particular strategy, then you keep it in your watch list. Now again, right, if you are using moving average and if you are the kind of, if you are the 100 days moving average trader, what will you need to do in terms of this particular workflow? You have to bring out the 100 days moving average and look at all those charts that you filter down to see if 100 days moving average is something that fits this particular chart very nicely, right? If in the past it fits very nicely, chances is that going forward, it should fit pretty nicely as well. Get my point? Okay, so again, it is dependent on your strategy in terms of this particular part, how you filter the list down further. So other examples, so this is a keeper, okay? And other examples is this, clear downtrend, uptrend, channel, trend line, support resistance, reversal, re uh, support resistance level, support resistance, reversal. That is the three, main, three basic main things that I look at. Fits the criteria, okay, I keep it in my watch list to monitor for potential trading setups thereafter. And then this one as well, very clear downtrend channel, support resistance level, pretty, I'm not talking about the minor ones, of course, I'm talking about the major support resistance levels. Very clear cut. I think if you are well versed in basic technical analysis, you all will be able to see these levels as I could as well. Alright, so keep is a keeper. However, you will come to a point where you open up a chart of a very uh, well-traded or very liquid stock which shows you charts like this. What chart is this? SGX. Sorry, I have nothing against SGX but it just happens that 
this is the kind of charts that shows me. Do you think that if I'm a price action trader that focuses on horizontal support resistance, trend lines, trend channels, and support resistance uh, phenomenon, do you think this is a chart that will help me find trading setups? No, right? Why? Because you can't see all these levels at all. It is like really volatile. But again, uh, I want to mention is this. I have nothing against this particular chart. Okay? It is a chart that when you open up, I know it doesn't fit the kind of strategy I'm looking at. Get my point? But what kind of strategy could be a fitting for this kind of charts? If you just imagine, take a look. If you are, let's say, a shorter-term swing trading, possible? If your trading horizon or your holding period is about one week, two weeks, that kind, do you notice there were many occasions within a very quick one week, two weeks period, the price runs up a lot? It might look very messy to you, huh? but if you are a short-term trader, you shouldn't be looking at daily chart in the first place, right? Am I right to say that? What kind of uh, time frame should you be looking at in terms of the chart? You should go down to four hour and or one hour chart, right? If you are a short-term swing trader. So trust me, if you go down to four hour, one hour chart, you open it up, you will see that very nice trends within those time frames. Okay, and that is the reason why I say these kind of charts are suitable for shorter-term swing traders, for example, who are using four-hourly and one-hourly chart, but not so good for people like me, where I'm looking to hold for one month to six months kind of perspective, because this will just waste my time all the time. Okay, so these are the kind of charts for my personal strategy. It's a dumper. Okay, not to say that this is a bad stock or it's a bad instrument to trade. It all depends on the strategy you're looking at. Now, you're trying to find the right chart that fits the kind of the right size of the underwear that you're looking at. Understand me? All right? Now, so now, once I have a short list now to uh, all these stocks that meets the requirement, which is trading liquidity, as well as the price action characteristic I'm looking specifically for, for my kind of strategy, then I will come down, I will be left over with all this list, right? So what I do thereafter, again, I am a very efficient person. I'm always trying to find the most efficient way to get my work done, but without compromising on what I believe in. I believe in price action, I need to find an easy way to be able to analyze the charts very quickly. And I don't, I don't like to let algorithms tell me what to do. I like to see it for myself to decide what to do. So this is my belief, my personality, and I have to find an efficient way to do that. So how do I go about doing that? Once you have all the charts in the watch list, what I do thereafter is, I will just open up the chart, draw all the lines in. Okay, this is a one-time investment. Okay, one-time investment, you draw all the lines in already. If you are a longer-term swing trader to position trader, you don't need to change the line all the time, right? Because the prices don't move so often that you need to change your trend line, trend channels, or horizontal lines all the time. So once you put all the lines in into all the charts in your watch list, where you go thereafter is simply, okay, it's just, uh, it's, it's, it's simply continue to flip those charts. So I'm going to show you a video demo right now how I go about doing it very quickly. And I'm just going to put some narration into it. So is the video playing? Yeah, okay, so the video is playing right now. So my typical workflow, I will go to the first chart, open it up, and see immediately, is there any potential trading setup based on all those key lines that I've drawn? If there's no potential straight up, straight away, I go flip to the next chart. And I just keep on going, doing that, zooming in to see is there any, any trading setups. So for a price action trader, okay, the bottom line is this. If the chart, once you look at the chart with enough experience, if it doesn't jump out right at you and tell you, hey, Philip, Notice this, there's a certain event happening. It means that there's mo most likely there isn't a good idea there. So if there isn't a good idea, should you spend too much time dwelling on it? If you, like, you want to invite this girl to become your girlfriend and she's not giving you any signs that she's interested, should you keep on pestering her or should you go on to the next one? In trading, yes, you should go on to the next one. But if you find a really nice girl, please pester, all right? Alright, so this is how I go about doing it. I just keep on flipping the chart. If you are experienced enough, you realize you will be able to flip the charts 
okay, and see any potential trading setups within just 10 to 20 seconds for each chart. And if need be, you might need to update some of those lines. But other than that, it's going to be a pretty fast process. So if you're looking at 100 charts, for example, you just need about 20 minutes to run through every single chart. This is how I go about doing my workflow. And this builds up a very good, strong uh, experience in terms of looking at all the charts that are important for this particular market. Because remember, we filter by trading liquidity, right? So which means all the most heavily traded stock in terms of trading value are already in my watch list. And if I can flip through all the charts, does it, do you think it will give you a very good understanding about the current market conditions generally? So if you flip through 100 charts, these are all the most active stocks in terms of average trader value. And about, you notice that about 70 of them are trending higher. Only 30% are going sideways or trending lower. Do you think generally think it's a bullish or bearish market? Bullish market, right? Okay, so I think that on top of looking at the index itself, this is also a good way for you to get a very good feel of how the current market condition is. Right, so, is this the last frame already? Why can't we see the, the end, end side of it? Can you just... Maybe you don't go full screen? Ah, okay. Right, so, as you can see over here, you flip, you flip, you flip, you flip, then you will come to a point where suddenly you notice something jumping out at you. Okay? That is based on my strategy because I have a strategy that I use breakout to get into a trade. So can you see over here, there was a breakout. Do you, know the, do you notice the trading volume spiking over here? And this trading breakout was not from a very sharp run and straight away breakout. It actually builds up, consolidates around here before it actually breaks out. And this is a green candle, by the way. It is not obvious, but this is a green candle, long green candle with heavy trading volume. Okay? So when I flip, 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 and I go come to a chart where it shows me something like this, ah, I know something is brewing here. And this is when you actually spend a bit more time to study further. Okay, like what JC say, go and study if there's any news about this particular stock previously, just a few days back, that could potentially be a catalyst. And that is when you, if you decide that, hey, this trading setup looks like a good idea to get in. Now, Next step is, I decide to, I will get in at the next day opening, for example. Okay, where is my stop loss going to be? Stop loss always based on a technical level, right? Key support, below a key support because you want that support to protect your stop loss. So you have your stop loss level maybe somewhere uh, around here possibly, okay? Because the price becomes to here and it breaks below this and touch, go to your support level, it will mean that you will break both the horizontal support as well as the uptrend support, right? So two key supports being broken, what's the chances that you will continue to go higher from there? Much lower, right? And that is the reason why you have your stop loss below there. So once you have your stop loss, this is where you go about sizing your trades. So I don't have the ex time to explain how you go about sizing your trades and blah, 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 blah. So, but generally, I hope that this particular workflow helps you understand a bit about from the eyes of a price action trader, how you can actually become very efficient, filter down to a good solid list of, of, of stocks or instruments that meets your criteria, but at the same time, not being overwhelmed by the entire workflow, all right? So, that is um, basically... So, that is basically what I have to share with you because given the very short amount of time I have with you, uh, if you would like to connect with me, this is where you can actually reach out to me, all right? You can take a photo of this or otherwise, simply just take a photo of this and just pop in your email address and you'll be able to receive uh, PowerPoint slides which you can bring back to review thereafter to see if it might apply to you in your trading workflow. Alright, and with that, I end my presentation and I hope that uh, you're going to have a great time in your trading journey and remember this, uh, trading is a lifelong learning. I want you to remember that. Trading is not about 
having that lucky streak like what JC had during the first part of his life. So I, I, I admire him really. Being that 20-year-old guy, when he had a lucky streak, he was, he was able to actually know that that was a lucky streak. And he did actually have that decency to ask himself, how can I make sure that I can repeat this again? If I cannot repeat this, I'm just lucky. Alright, so he actually was very matured, I would say, at a very early stage, and that was why he was able to progress very, very quickly, while most of us don't. Alright, so remember, trading is a lifelong journey. Make sure that you have a proper trading workflow that you follow, because the trading workflow will guide your behaviour. And then once you have a tr proper trading workflow, strategy is something that you have to keep refining all the time, because market conditions change, your lifestyle change, your personality change. This is where you can get a bit more creative, all right? And then don't get so hung up about what is the next best strategy out there because your workflow, your discipline is what is going to carry you further in your trading journey, not just for the next one year, not just for the next five years, but for the next 10, 20, 30 years, all right? So I wish you the very best in your trading journey and I hope to have a chance to interact with you again. Have fun, take care.